a Thrill Seeker HQ presentation. You're listening to Out Loud and Live with JC Alvarez. Hey, this is JC Alvarez. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Out Loud and Live. It's great to be back. On this show, I've got a very special interview with none other than Tony Award winning pop music sensation Levi Christ. He's got a brand new album. It's called Imagine Paradise, an incredible new single called So Much Better. And like the artist himself, he just keeps getting better. I'm also joined by this summer's most sought after international DJ rock star. That's DJ Joe Gotru. He's going to be catching us up on what's happening with the scene this summer and what you can expect at your latest music festivals. You'll want to stick around for that. But let's get right into my first guest. Here now is Levi Christ. So Levi, Levi, Mr. Levi Christ, how are you, sir? I'm great. Yeah. Great. I'm I'm really excited about finally letting this baby go and all the two years of preparation that's happened prior to has been incredibly exhausting. Yeah. And it's it's been good because mm-hmm. I feel like I finally made something that I actually enjoy listening to. Okay. I feel like I do. I feel like I feel like albums prior to this one I was sort of creating from like through the lens of what I thought might be most marketable Mm. whatever was happening at the time on AC radio or mainstream radio or whatever Mm. my outlet may have been at the time um I didn't think about that at all for this album right right. and I I said you know I'm, I'm tired of feeling a little bit underwhelmed with singing my own material I kind of don't like the fact that I don't want to ever hear my own art, hmm. why don't I try to create something that's this, the, the stuff that I listen to on repeat in my iPod, the stuff that really excites me, the stuff right. that really creates an environment of warmth mm. and, and celebration and, you know, the stuff that I really enjoy listening to. So I was, I was lucky. I found a couple of producers who were able to take me there and I'm so grateful for them. And the, and the title then seems rather fitting as as the title of the new album, that, which is coming out soon, is Imagine Paradise. Yes, and it came from the idea of, I would love for this body of work to suggest to people, um, paradise is yours to the degree that you can imagine it. Coming back to that metaphysical concept of um, our thoughts become things. Right. And the bigger that we can imagine, the greater that we can envision what our life can be, well, then so it is. As yeah. long as we you know, keep coming back to that expanded idea of who we are. And, and, and that's, that's kind of what I learned mm-hmm. from my own fans and supporters to the album. As you know, it was a Kickstarter-funded album. Right. And one of the incentives was that if you are at a certain level of, of, of uh, investment, I write a personalized, custom-written theme song for you, mm. the album. It turns out that all 12 of the songs of the album are actually belong to other people. They're other <laughs> people's stories. I got to sit on the phone with them and talk to them for like an hour or so, hear where they are in life, let them articulate to me everything from what it's like being in the military under Don't Ask, Don't Tell mm. to people who were pro-activists like activists during the 80s when HIV, which, when AIDS devastated our community, mm-hmm. to people who just wanted me to write a song to express to their partner how they need a little more intimacy in their relationship. Mm. I got to live through their experience. And then I felt very responsible for taking these stories 
these these experience, these life experiences and and finding the the glass half full approach the the positive perspective of it the more expansive way of articulating it um, because I believe that that's that's our you know, that's, that's kind of our responsibility as human beings to you know up, to take the, uh, the the positive angle with each other and uplift each other with whatever we're dealing with it's, and and so in turn. It's like the accumulation of the experiences with the fans is what led me to this overall thematic expression of self-love and, you know, forget the past, move forward, dream big, you are not limited. And I wanted to put that into some music that wasn't so serious, it was more fun, but it really is sort of that message of the whole body of work. And and that's also um, that's also very very uh, telling, and, and it's also very solid of the way you've always done your music, because your albums always tend to be uh, very exploratory, very self analytical. Um, they always have a, a very cathartic um, dialogue to them. So this is sort of like a, a an encapsulation of of other people's narratives, and also you've captured kind of like where we are right now in the world right now because i mean there's a little bit of turmoil going on within our world and you're sort of like addressing that i, I imagine in imagine paradise uh, you know there is there is that in that we're responsible for each other and that there is a unifying gesture within the creation of this album that i do think projects on a larger level of what you're talking about right. with where we are right. globally levi's new album project imagine paradise will be out in june but his first single, So Much Better, is available now on iTunes. Let's take a listen to So Much Better. Oh uh-huh. 
Well, the, the first single is absolutely fantastic. It's so much better, and it can't get any better. I've act- uh, I love that you lo- I love that you dug it. I was so excited to find out that you were just digging it. I, I completely dig it. I've actually played it for a couple of friends of mine who are who are DJs, and they think it's the it has the formula being the perfect summer song. And you can't listen to so much better without just really getting caught up in the good feeling of it. That means a lot to hear. It's, that means a lot to hear because the, just, the, the whole point of so much better, uh, if, if I might sort of like mm-hmm. express it in a, uh, where I was in my head was uh, really from God grant me the serenity to accept the things that I cannot change, mm-hmm. the, the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to do the difference. So when you have lyrics in so much better that, that say, you know, uh, when you're holding on to something, when there's nothing you can do to change it, just mm-hmm. let it go, right. flow, and get about your business doing you. Right. That's actually, you know, a very rele- a re- relieving sentiment on a deeper level. Absolutely, that's, very, so very empowering. That, that translates to yeah. great. Yeah, it's and it also translates very well just where everyone wants to hear their music onto the dance floor. Um, it's got a very cool disco vibe. Yeah, it's. Ch- <laughs> I, I, you know, I really wish that I was. For, I, I wish that I was just gallivanting around New York City in the late seventies, just <laughs> right up in Studio Fifty Four and experiencing all of it, all of it. Because that's where I belong. <laughs> I don't know why it passed me by. You know, I'm so disappointed. <laughs> the the arrangement of the song to me felt like something that Nile Rodgers would have would have easily come up with in the 70s or even something that earth wind oh. or, or earth wind and fire could have could have recorded because it just has that really nice funk but a very good contemporary vibe to it um were you inspired by dance music from from the disco era yeah i was <laughs> and I, i've always been a fan of the 70s mm-hmm. uh, and our our lgbt culture our right. lgbt history in the late 70s and early 80s from our freedom of expression, the sexual liberation, mm-hmm. the coming together of the gay community and the, the black community, mm-hmm. and and just the, the just uh, all of it from, <laughs> from all the different uh, sectors of the gay community that came about through San Francisco with the leather community, the Levi community, and the drag community, and and all the different ways of expressing the diversity of what it is to be gay. Mm-hmm. And I love. I love reminding the world who is not gay that gay is diverse. We're not all the same. Right. And, uh, so I, 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 I feel such energy there. I feel like to have experienced that would have been like, I, it, you know, it just doesn't exist these days. Yeah. But to go back and live that through the music is something I've always loved to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember my first relationship. I was, I was, um, Dating this guy from there, he was older older than me, and he sat me down and just pulled out all of these albums and just played over and over all oh, this disco. 
Like, I, I remember sitting there on the floor, like, looking up and wide-eyed, you know. <laughs> I was like, wow, this is the most amazing thing I've ever heard. It stuck with me. That kind of stuff's always been in my iPod. Um, it, it, it's it's, it's a, more, a lot more musical, I think, than perhaps what dance music became as right. of the late 90s and maybe 2000s when it got a little darker because right. the drugs were getting darker and, and et cetera, et cetera. You know the story. Yeah. But it's... um. I love the inherent celebration in what it used to be. Yeah. I, I especially like the fact that with, with the surgence that dance music has had commercially with, with so many you know top 40 artists really adapting um, and adopting electronic dance music as, as their own, um, I'm really grateful that when you decided to do something that was dance-oriented, you, you kind of took it a little further back. You went a little more organic, and you you made it you made it all of your own. It's it's like it's it's it's, it's got a more soulful drive to it, which is very indicative of you as an artist. But it's it's still dance music that's relevant. Thank you. That's a huge compliment because I really wanted it to feel authentic. Yeah. And uh, to go back to to try to make more bring bring a little more musicality to the experience of that was just something that, that felt right, mm-hmm. I guess. I'm yeah. glad it's translating. Yeah. <laughs> now the title the title to me when I heard, first heard the title for Imagine Paradise, um it, it, it said a lot of things to me. I, I was wondering where where exactly, and now when you gave me a little bit of the backstory of the album, but um, when I first heard the album title, I was wondering if, if you meant that as a dare to your listener to imagine paradise, or if you were basically creating paradise from the track list of songs on the album. I'm, I'm asking the listener mm-hmm. to imagine paradise. Right. I am I am putting that out as a declaration, as I would say to any of my friends, mm-hmm. um, if we were having a conversation like I did earlier this morning, and, and we begin to be in that rut where we're starting to envision our life not necessarily going the way we think it is, to stop, step back, imagine a different outcome, live in that feeling tone, begin to entertain the possibility of something right. unlimited coming through you. Right. Um, it is definitely a dare. Mm. I'm going to take you up on that dare. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> you know, you, you've, you've built such a remarkable fan base uh, over the years as, as, a, as a recording artist and, and also maintain your creative independence. Has it, was it ever more important to you to be a, relevant, more, a more relevant artist, an independent artist, or is it more important to you to see commercial success? That is such a timely question, and one of the reasons I love having these conversations with you, JC, because you always find that moment to see through me. And the fact of the matter is, I've I feel like when I began this album, mm-hmm. coming off the Tony Award, coming off the momentum that was going on in other areas of my life. Mm-hmm. I felt like I got sucked into this idea of this needing to be a very commercialized experience. Mm. Now, thankfully, the deeper part of who I am saw to it to have some level of message in this body of work. And I think that actually my fans bringing their stories to me is what insisted upon it. Mm. However, I'm not going to lie to you. I have seen through the lens of how can I make this commercially viable for two years to the point where about three months ago I had a breakdown. Because for me... If I don't truly feel like there's a sense of purpose in what I'm doing, 
I don't know that I'm the kind of person who can keep putting in the 12 hours a day with no vacation for two years nonstop without mm-hmm. feeling like there's some reason, some mm-hmm. purpose, some give. And it just, and I, I literally have spent the last three months in a really dark place until like on my way to Miami last week, I was on the plane and I was just bawling my eyes out. And I know, oh, I know a lot of it was decompressing because I haven't <laughs> lifted my head up since I started this recording this thing in the summer of 2011. But, but it was more than that. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was me realizing that if I can't do this in a way that speaks to my spirit, feels like I'm contributing something to this planet, rather than seeking recognition and validation and fame and, oh, please play my song, please play my song, please write about me, please write about me. If I, I, that is, it's exhausting. It's yeah. soul-eating. And I just, I've gotten to a point where I'm just like, you know what? No. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, yeah. because, I, you know. And you know what? I think that that also comes through, your fans will detect that and they'll read that. I, you know, a lot of artists are go through that moment where they're just sort of like, I can't force feed to the listener something that isn't authentic. Right. And and while I, I can look back and feel like I do have an authentic product here, I just realize I'm not the kind of person that wants to beg the world for the next headline, the next attention, play the song. Okay, now write this. How's this for a hug? Can we PR this? Can, is this a great, will you open the email if I put this subject in it? Hey, Evan, what do you think about doing, you know, it's just like, I'm, I'm done, you know, it's hard. As an independent artist, it's 20% music and 80% self-promotion. Right. And you know that because, yeah. I mean, you are, you have so many things going on in your life, JC, mm-hmm. that you are constantly, you know, we have to continue to remain engaged sure. with people who are coming to our product. Absolutely. But at the same point in time, I think that I'm getting to a place in my life where I really just want to be an artist, and I'm, and I don't know that it's within me to continue to solicit an ongoing expansion of attention for a hook. Mm-hmm. It's like, let me be an artist. When If and when you find what I do, then that's an even more meaningful relationship between you and I, my consumer, and great. Do you feel more engaged? I mean, you're, you're, you're going to be going on tour now to uh, promote Imagine Paradise. Do you feel when you're on stage and you're in front of that audience, you're more engaged in your artistry when you're on that stage or are you more or do you feel more in your space when you're in the studio creating the uh the record definitely live and i think if i'm saying through this whole you know tell, telling you mm-hmm. personally this experience of the last three months i think that it, if what i'm saying is that i'm giving myself permission mm-hmm. to speak about things that i think are a little more helpful to people right like our own self-worth, forgiving ourselves for things in the past, loving who we are, realizing we're a divine expression of, of, the, of, of God and we are perfect just as we are and the universe supports us, mm-hmm. etc., etc. If I give myself permission to talk about those things live, rather than feeling like I have to hold that back to appeal to everybody who might think that's a little weird, <laughs> um, I think that I'm actually going to enjoy Yeah. Thanks for tuning in to Out Loud and Live with me, J.C. Alvarez. Season 2 is in effect, and it's so much better. 
I'll be bringing you some amazing guests and interviews featuring everyone from Snooki and JWoww. Hello! To Smash star Megan Hilty. And it doesn't stop there. Joining me soon will be none other than Tony Award winning sensation Levi Christ. Levi will be promoting his latest single, So Much Better, from his new album, Imagine Paradise. But in the meantime, line up to get your tickets for his live tour. Levi Christ is coming to a city near you, performing tracks from his new album. March 2nd at Davenport's in Chicago, Illinois. March 21st at Rockwood Music Hall in New York City. March 23rd at Community on the Hill in Washington, D.C. March 27th at the Triangle Center for Spiritual Living in Raleigh, North Carolina. March 30th at Pellissippi State Community College in Knoxville, Tennessee. More dates to be announced soon. You can get tickets to see Levi Christ live at levichrist.com. And stay tuned to Out Loud and Live. I'll be following Levi very closely. 2013 is so much better. Get ready and get out loud with me in season two. This is Out Loud and Live with J.C. Alvarez. Do you look at yourself and the, su- and the successes that, you, that you've had and do you imagine that you're going to continue? Do, do, you, do you like being a role model, Levi? Do you, do you like that part of parcel of your celebrity? I, I can say I hope to be. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't know that anyone in that position really knows, or nor should they waste their time wondering. But it really would, I would love to look back on my life and say that because my life was lived the way that it was lived, perhaps we as LGBT community um, are just reminded that we are spiritual leaders. We are mm. spiritual warriors on this planet. And that a, a community that perhaps was their God was ripped from us and the religious community was horrible to us with the religious persecution and how we had to to, uh, to redefine it all for ourselves. That we emerge from a place that says, we're spiritual warriors, we're spiritual leaders, and I require you to not only recognize me as such, but respect me as such. Absolutely. That would, that would be just the, the, the miracle of a life for me. But if I somehow get close to that. When you're writing, when you're creating, are you better when you're in love, when you're angry, or when you're sad? (laughs) Um, I think that I am, I think that it used to be that I am better in pain. (laughs) But I have become much better when living in my bliss. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, yes. And, and... And that, I look back on the first album, <laughs> really, I mean, at this point in my life, seeing those just depressing, <laughs> heartbreaking love songs, great, I get it, there's a place for them, I mean, Adele skyrocketed to fame on heartbreak, but I just can't seem to feel like that. I don't want to put someone in that vibration. Right. Right, right now in my life. Now, maybe I'm going to need to express another dark night of the soul in three years. I don't know. Right. But I, I would rather be responsible for putting people in a higher vibration right. than that. Hey, you can't you can't have the light without the dark. Amen. That's true. <laughs> 
this is the age of the triple threat, and you've certainly proven yourself um, the musician, the actor, the performer, the the everything. Do you do you think that that is what's what's maintaining and keeping the artist active in this business? That the the game has changed so much that you have to be able to do it all. I think it certainly provides a lot of people with the means of survival mm -hmm. because this is an oversaturated world that yeah. we live in. I mean, celebrities are celebrities for nothing yeah. now, and everyone has a, a, a PR person, regardless <laughs> of what they do. So it's sort of like there is such a cloud of oversaturation that I do feel that in general, and, and I know it's probably true for me, I mean, we've become a little bit ADD in a micro-blogging Twitter world. <laughs> um, with that, I feel like the ability to uh, shift gears and give something, some, you know, someone something different mm -hmm. is, is, is definitely a help yeah. for a lot of artists. Yeah. But in the meantime, I really think that it would be a crime if you weren't giving us more music. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. I love that. I mean, seriously. I, I mean, seriously. Yeah, you cannot like stop performing. It's just, it's just like not fair. Okay. <laughs> I, I like that. That's motivating. Yeah. Light a fire under my ass. <laughs> You want me to light a fire in your ass? All right, you asked me to. <laughs> Care yes, yes. Careful what you wish for. <laughs> uh, Go to LeviChrist.com now for more information on his upcoming release, Imagine Paradise, and for more tour information. You don't want to miss him live when he comes to a city near you. My next guest will also be making the rounds this summer. He's DJ Joe Gotru. This international sensation has been raising the beats per minute all circuit long, and he's been telling us all about it. How are you, Joe? I'm oh, good. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thanks for taking a couple minutes to chat with me. I'm really excited to be uh, having this uh, this moment with you. Oh well, thank you. I'm excited to. I'm excited that you wanted. <laughs> <laughs> international DJ Joe. Gatro, did I say it correctly? Actually, the correct pronunciation is um, Gotro. Gotro. Yeah, it is French. Um, I'm uh, from Louisiana. Right. So it's um, G O T R O is like if you were like to like sound it out, that's how you would say it. DJ Joe so. Gotro. I am from Louisiana. <laughs> yep, that is true. <laughs> <laughs> and um. And also, like you, you know, that that entire area is is so seeped in in musical culture. Is that where you got your first exposure to your interest in uh, in music? You know, I think for me, I don't. I, I mean, I guess I guess you could say that probably is it. Um, I um, I don't know. I just I've always loved dance music. Um, Growing up, I would make mix CDs. I mean, mix tapes for my for my friends. Right. And um, I, that's just it's just I just loved it from the beginning. This is you know I I mean I guess in a way I sort of fell into this job, but in a way I didn't. So <laughs> yeah. 
Can you remember the very first song that you heard that either impacted you as a as a remixer or 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 that you wanted to play at a party that you said, God, I'd really love to see people dancing to this track. I kind of came onto the dance scene whenever like you know techno was really big, believe ah, it or not. Right. Like right. In the mid, like in the mid nineteen um, nineties. Right. So that was back whenever like you know Hotaway. What is love was really big, and the real McCoy, and and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, there yeah. really, there really, honestly, isn't one specific song. Right. I, I, I more remember actual DJs and actual producers inspired mm. me, as opposed to like a specific song. You know. Mm-hmm. What were some of those DJs that you sort of like uh, branded yourself after or that you, you know, because a DJ really, like you said, the DJ really moved us and motivated us to the uh, dance floor. Do you remember who yeah. who sort of like gave you that inspiration? Yeah, I do, actually. Um, there was a DJ at Oz where um, I kind of um, took over his spot a little bit in a way. Um, a DJ named um, Rick Harrington. He mm. was a DJ at Oz, and I would go dance to him every Saturday night before I even knew how to even spin two records, you know, two together. I would go listen to him. And uh, when was the first party that you ever DJed? Was it at a at a bar, or was it at a private event? Well, the first, yeah, the first party, I mean, that's the first bar I ever DJed at was actually Oz mm. in in New Orleans, I showed up there, and I had this like mixtape that I kept, I kept trying to give to them, and they finally gave me a chance. They finally were like, "Okay, we'll give you a chance." So they gave me like a couple of happy hour shifts, and um, one night, one of the nighttime DJs was sick and couldn't do it. So I filled in, and they, the guy who owns the club um, heard me, and the next week I was promoted to Saturday night. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Wait, so your plan of poisoning that DJ worked out brilliantly? No, 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 none of this luck. No, it was all, it was all very, I actually waited my turn. I mean, I was there ready, I was ready, but I was very, I was very eager back then. I mean, I'm still eager now. I'm, 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 I think I'm like very competitive and that's mm. kind of helped my, help my cause, I think. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The uh, the image of the DJ has has changed so much, especially in today's market. There was a time where DJs were sort of like the gods of the dance floor. You know, they really kind of ruled the club atmosphere. But now DJs are more like pop stars. They're they're producing and they're becoming names in themselves. Do you see yourself going in that direction as well? Well, sort of like, you know, getting a name out there for yourself in, in the way that, that they're commanding attention and, and creating their own... Like the Goetta does? Yeah, definitely, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, why not? I mean, that's kind of... I mean, to me, I would like... My ultimate goal is to make my own music, my own tracks, and to have as many people be able to listen to them as possible. So if that means that you know, that I'm going to be a mainstream producer, then that's just what it's going to be. But I mean, I, I mean, I did not get into this to have as few people as possible mm-hmm. listen to me. You know, I want as many people as I possibly can to come out and hear me play. Or I want as many people as possible to come out and or to like download my podcast or download my remixes or anything like that. I mean, you know, I mean, I definitely reach for the stars. I don't, I don't just reach just for like the top shelf. I reach way higher than that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, sure. I mean, why not? 
Absolutely. You have had the opportunity and the platform to DJ all around the world. Do you find that that the audiences outside the United States are a little more sophisticated than the party goers that you play for here in a, in on a national scale? I wouldn't say they're more sophisticated. I would say they're a little more, um, what's the word I think to describe best? I think they're a little more um, enthusiastic mm. about 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 the whole club scene. They're not. They haven't. They haven't quite seen it all yet. The way people here in America have. I think. I, I think. I think people here in America, which is actually a good thing, mm-hmm. but we have. We have been. We have been. You know, privileged for so long mm-hmm. that I think when you go somewhere like Taipei or somewhere like down to South America to Brazil, for instance. Right. They're just so grateful. They're so happy. They're just so happy that, you know, that, you know, things are actually changing for them down there, that they're becoming a lot more westernized in all these places, you know? So, um, I don't know. Like, I think that, I think, so I think you kind of feel that energy from them mm. in those places. I certainly do. I mean, like, like I said, the crowd, in whenever I go DJ in Brazil, and in um, Asia, it's mm-hmm. definitely a big. They definitely are. They're definitely very happy <laughs> and very, <laughs> very. Um, yeah. 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 They're they're eager. They're, they're very 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 eager. Yeah. The, um, the, the electronic dance music craze is really sort of like taken over, and and your your um your music your remixes to me sound more more house more tribal oriented. You're a lot more vocal than a lot of the music that is um is sort of like becoming a little more mainstream. How do you feel about about electronic dance music as opposed to like you know the the forebearers of of club music, which is like house and and the garage house sound. You know. I think for me, I just kind of play from the heart, and I just kind of like I don't really like I believe it or believe it or not I don't I don't I don't sit down and say okay I am a tribal DJ and mm. I am this kind of DJ I just kind of just I just hear tracks that I like and I think oh I think that my crowd will like this you know I mean obviously there is a certain sound that you know obviously it is a little more tribal influence i guess right but at the end of the, at the end of the day you know i'm kind of all over the place with my sound you know and i think that's that's actually a good thing it's actually helped me because you know i don't put myself into a box i don't right. say okay well this doesn't have a certain tribal beat so i'm not gonna play it you know it's like i you know, I kind of, like, you know, whenever I look for tracks, the track just has to have something to, like, grab me, to, like, keep me, to keep me um, involved for, like, the next six to eight minutes. I'm going to listen to this track and be on the dance floor with it. You know, it's like, does this track go somewhere? Does this track do something? You know, does it do something fun? Does it, does it, does it make my butt move? You know, there, <laughs> there are a lot of factors into the equation. Abs- you know? Absolutely, so, yeah. I don't yeah. know. I don't really, I don't really give it a ton of thought. Mm. All, all I, all I really think about is, you know, will, you know, do I, do I, do I like it? Do I, do I think it's worth presenting in like time slot for my crowd as well? And that's, will yeah. they like it? And that's kind of, I, mean, I don't know. I don't. I really don't give it all. I really, I don't know. Yeah. 
that's that's great because I mean it's like it, there's a you're not limiting yourself you're you're demonstrating a great sense of musical versatility because nowadays there your audience is going to be so varied when you play at a club because because young people that are now getting into the club scene they kind of appreciate top forties they they kind of go for that top forty you know sound and and then you know you can remix for like you know the diehard club goer you know and that's something else I think that I think a lot of people tend to put the younger the younger crowd into a box and say, okay, well, they're only going to like, you know, Britney Spears and Beyonce and that's it and that, that and play that and they'll be happy. But, you know, I, I actually take a, a like a slightly different, a, a different approach to it. Mm-hmm. I kind of like look at a crowd on its own and I'm like, you know, I think people, I think, I really honestly do think with like SoundCloud and all the DJs releasing podcasts, I really think kids today are a lot more are a lot more clued in to what we give them credit for. Right. You know, I mean, I think I think it's very easy to go in there and play down to a crowd. I think it's very very easy to hire mm. a DJ who will only play what's on the top forty radio at the moment. But at the same time, I kind of give my crowds and crowds I play for a little more credit than that. I'm like, you know what? You've, you've, you've heard a lot of these tracks in your car on the way home. Granted, I will play a few of them, and I will mix them up and put my own spin on them, but I'm going to give you something that I really think you're going to like that I guarantee you, you will not hear on your car ride home. <laughs> no, and you probably will like it, you know? And I think that is kind of our job as, you know, a DJ is yeah. to, you know, is to kind of like, I mean, it's to kind of give them something more, you know, make them, make it work the 10 bucks they just spent to get in the club or whatever it is they spent. Right. You know, um, I think, you know, and like, and and, you know, like I said before, I really do think that this new generation is a lot more, is a lot more clued in and a lot more, and they have a lot more diverse taste than what I think a lot of people tend to um, give give them credit for. Well, you've certainly been able to take a lot of the contemporary artists that that are making the you know making music on the charts now, and and really revolutionize their their remixes. Um, your remix for Adele's Skyfall is uh, is certainly a standout. It's like one of the best remixes I think I've heard all year. Really? Yeah. That's good. Since I heard it, I really I really just I gravitated immediately to it, and I and I just well, thank I, you. Yeah. Thank you so much. I, I I really really appreciate that. That means a lot. Thank you. And um and also it's like it, there was a time where where the music industry really relied on on remixers and producers, and now you guys can really call the shots and kind of like work with whoever you want. Mm, well. No. Yes. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad that it might come off that way, but no, it you know it's still. You know, it's um, it's still it's still a um, you know, it's still a dog eat dog world mm, out there. So you have okay. to still kind of fight for your place. But you know, I definitely have been very, very, very lucky in the fact that I've gotten to um, produce some great, um, great um, people out there, right. and got to work with some amazing singers, and it's been it's been really really fun. Have you considered, or are you working on going the route of creating an entire uh, project that is basically your own? Absolutely, that mm-hmm. definitely is the next step. 
Mm-hmm. Right now, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to um, is I just want to I, I just want to I, I just want people to be familiar with my work at, at this point. So whenever a Joe um, a Gocho track comes out and it's going to have my name at the top of it, I want people to be like, "Oh, I know this guy from he remixed my favorite remix of Adele, or he remixed my favorite remix of The Wanted." Mm-hmm. So I'm going to listen to this. You know, I. I basically I want it to be whenever my first track does come out, mm-hmm. people are going to be really excited about it because they know I've delivered on all these other, you know, projects before me. Right. So that's kind of that's kind of my 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 goal now. You've you've had of course the opportunity to play all kinds of events all across the world. And um, people would say that the um, gay circuit party is sort of like changing. It's 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 a it's a it's a dying animal. It's being it's being taken over by music festivals. Um, how do you feel about um, your gay audience? That um, are they still in demand? Do you still see them out there, or are you seeing more people heading out towards uh, you know electronic music festivals? You know, I think I think we've been hearing that same argument since like. 2001. Sure. I think ever, I think, I really do. I've been hearing that ever since, I mean, I hate to like call this back, but ever since like 9 11 mm-hmm. and like the whole world changed, every single year people are like, oh, it's dying. Yeah, the party seems dying, the mm-hmm. party seems dying. But it's kind of funny. It's like almost every huge weekend is still around, and a lot of them are seeing record people attending. Mm-hmm. You know, the thing is, is that, you know, you, it's very easy to get around people who no longer go because, in all honesty, um, it's not it's not something that everybody does their whole life. A right. lot of people get onto the club party circuit, will do it for five to ten years until they either meet somebody and settle down, <laughs> or they move to Taipei, or whatever they're going to do in their life, they're going to do it. But you know, life is so cyclical. But what they don't take into consideration is that there's a whole new generation of club goers coming onto the scene. Mm. And I think now, with the um, EDM explosion happening in the mainstream, it's only really helped the gay circuit scene. Because mm. I really think that, you know, people, at the end of the day, people want to go and be around people that they're comfortable with and people want to have fun. Right. And so, you know, I've been hearing that. I've heard it, like, a lot, you know. But there's, I mean, there's very, like, few weekends that have like closed down like I mean a couple have downsides but a lot of them have upsides I mean I'm playing the winter party in um, South Beach this year again and that party has just gotten bigger and bigger and bigger every year and it's something that people really look forward to and I think that you know I think it's I I really honestly think that there's room for both and I Mm. and Mm -hmm. I I mean, if there is a decline, I'm certainly not seeing it on that kind of scale. Right. Do you prefer the nomadic life of headlining and moving around the world, or would you be comfortable with a residency in a major city? Um, you know, I think for me, I think I really enjoy traveling around. Mm-hmm. I like seeing different people. I love, I love having like a different crowd to play for every week and knowing that, you know, knowing that there's that certain, you know, challenge before me, knowing that I don't know this crowd very as, you know, as, I, you know, like, I might not know this crowd at all. Like, this like this may be, like, an entirely new place I'm DJing, right. but I have to make all this music that I have work, you know, and I love that challenge. But at the same time, there is a certain comfort of 
playing, you know, the same room once a month, knowing that the crowd knows you, you know them, and you know just the sweet spot to get in to really get that room going. You know, so there are there are two sides of it. I don't think, you know, I don't think I would ever want one or the other. You know, I think it's, um, I like, and that's, that, that's actually kind of how my schedule is. My schedule is half, you know, I'm traveling around all the places, and all the rest are my, you know, are my usual gigs that I have in, like, Chicago and, and in South Beach, Miami, and I have a couple of clubs in, you know, um, uh, internationally that I go to quite often. So, and I, and I see the same faces, and I see, <laughs> and, I, and, you know, I see the same crowd energy, and yeah. it's very, it's, it's awesome, you know? So, yeah, I mean, I really, truly enjoy both ends of the spectrum. Right. And as and certainly, you know, one would say as, as one of the hottest DJs on the scene right now, that must make it a challenge to maintain or create a relationship. Um, <laughs> you know, I think, I think, I think, well, thank you very much for saying that. <laughs> oh, you knew, you knew that was oh, coming. I'm glad that, you know, I'm glad that's okay. <laughs> 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 I think, you know, I think, um, I think that relationships in general are very challenging, whether you are a doctor or you cut glass or you're a DJ. So I think, I think love is probably one of the most, if not the most complicated thing in life that there is. There's nothing more complicated, more mysterious, and more challenging than trying to figure out a relationship and trying to fall in love with somebody and make it work. So the fact that I'm a DJ and I travel around, I think, you know, I think that in the end, you know, it's going to be challenging no matter what, but it's also very rewarding when it does, when it does work out. So, you know, <laughs> wish me luck. <laughs> hey man, I'm in the same race you're in, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm so used to being single at this point, it's like, I, you know, but I really never feel, I never really feel like I am yeah. some odd reason. Not not because I have, not, not because I get around a lot, but <laughs> because I'm always surrounded by a lot of people. And, so and I, I, get, I, um, I get the impression also... I never really feel like, I like, I never really feel like something's really missing from yeah. my life, you know? Yeah. I also get the impression that you're really, right now, passionately in love with your career on a, on a huge scale. Um, well, I don't know if I'm in love with it, but, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess it's not so much that, it's so much that it's just, it's just pretty much just like what my life is. Mm. This is just, this, I don't know, like, I just, I really can't explain it. It's kind of like what drives me to get out of bed in the morning. It drives me in a lot of aspects in my life is knowing that, you know, knowing that I'm doing something that I feel really passionate about and that I, that I hope people like and enjoy and, you know, I think, you know, one, one of the best parts about my job is getting, is getting, you know, um, emails and, and, and tweets and all this other stuff, people saying how much they, like, appreciate what I'm doing. Mm, exactly. So that, um, that definitely makes it all worth it, for sure. Well, absolutely. Yeah. You have one of the best gigs in the world because it's, it's your job to make a room happy. You have to keep it fun. I mean, that is my number one role. I, I keep saying that to a lot of people. I'm like, you know, I go in anywhere, and the only the only like rule I have in the booth is that you have to make this fun. Right. Now, that fun might entail making it 
really happy music or maybe may, maybe this quality of fun is really dark and tribal and driving I mean you know people's definitions of fun is different and it's my job as a DJ to figure out what this crowd's definition of fun is going to be and just ran it home that is that is my job and that is what I try to do every single time I step into the booth and does that philosophy also apply to when you when you remix? You don't appro- approach each one of the artists you work with. You approach them differently. Well, you have to because every song is different. Mm-hmm. Some songs are really happy. Some songs are really sad. So you don't want to make a sad song sound, you know, put all these like huge chords in there that's going to make it sound too happy. It's like, and then you have then there's things to take into consideration. Like, well, okay, how did the you know, how did the original mix sound? You you want to do something different than that. You want to maybe, maybe you want to just flip the song completely up. Mm. Maybe you want to actually stay true to the song. You know, it's like every track is different. You just, you never really know how it's going to turn out until you get in there. And it's just something that you kind of feel. It's just like, it's just kind of like a vibe that, right. that I feel. And, you know, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't quite work the way I wanted it to. But I try. Absolutely, yeah. And um, and if you had an opportunity to work with an artist right now that really excites you, who, what artist would that be? Um, that is an opportunity. Hmm. Well, I think people who know me really, really well know what I'm probably going to say, but um, <laughs> probably Taylor Swift. Oh, that that's phenomenal. What a great answer. I love Taylor Swift. And I think that, you know, I think... I don't think it even even crosses her mind at the moment that she could be huge in the clubs, but mm. I, you know, I just, you know, I think she's like totally awesome, and I love that her new album. She's finally people who really just completely dismissed her completely before are now like, hey, I really kind of like that new song by Taylor Swift, and I'm like, I've been loving her since 2007. <laughs> but yeah, I think yeah, I think you know we haven't even seen the beginning of what what she can do. I think she's like totally awesome. I love her. Joe, where can people hear your podcast? Because I know you work and release a podcast with your remixes and your DJ sets. Where can people hear that? Um, you just go to iTunes and just type in my name. It will come up. It's very and, easy. Yeah. And all of your and all, and all of your. Are you, are you, yeah. Are you just go to my site? djjoeg.com and that's also where people can check out your schedule and see where you're going to be at any yeah. point of the of the year how many yeah. uh, how many major gigs are you right now clocking on an annual basis how many gigs on an annual basis yeah. hmm. well I work almost every weekend mm-hmm. so I mean I play I don't know 50 to 60 shows a year sometimes awesome. more that's that's phenomenal. Um, wow, that's great. Yeah. Actually, it probably is a little more because sometimes, I mean, it's probably more like 60 to 75 because a lot of times I'm doing two gigs per weekend and, mm. you know, 4th of July comes around and I'm doing five gigs in seven days and it's like crazy and I haven't slept and everybody hates me and nobody wants to be around <laughs> around me. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, you have to, you know, it's like, it's, it's that, that's just what the job is. I mean, the job, you know, and then you have like a month like December where you don't really work for, for two weeks because who wants to go out to a club when you're out buying, you know, Christmas gifts. <laughs> awesome. Great. Fantastic. Joe, thank you so much for spending some time with me. It's really, it was really fun. It's so, you, you have a really, really great enthusiasm. It's, uh, it's really refreshing and really nice. Thank you.
Yeah, absolutely. I, well, I mean, you know, I mean, here's the thing. If I'm not enthusiastic about my job, then how are people going to be enthusiastic about coming to hear me play? Right on. I mean, it's kind of like a two-way street. You know, I want them to be just as excited about seeing me as I am about seeing them. So that's kind of how I approach everything. And with and with those and with those cheeks and that beautiful face, how could they not be? Oh, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you. All right, Joe. Hey, man. Thanks so much for uh, for calling and uh, and taking this time for with me. I really really appreciate it, man. Uh, thank you. Absolutely. You have a good one, and I'll, I'm sure I'll talk to you soon. Want to become a fan? You can follow DJ Joe Gotru by visiting his website at www.djjog.com. My many thanks to my guests, including Levi Christ. Be sure to catch him on tour. He's coming to a city near you. I'm JC Alvarez. Thanks for tuning in to Out Loud and Live. And come back soon. We've got a great second season lined up for you. Out Loud and Live is now also available as a podcast on iTunes. Send us your questions or comments to thrillseekerhq at aol.com. This is JC Alvarez, and you've been listening to Out Loud and Live. This is a Thrillseeker HQ presentation. Get in the HQ. Go to www.thrillseekerhq.com.